exploring interesting topics that impact our lives and fascinating ideas that get us thinking. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kelly. And this is Things to Think On. to another episode of things to think on with kyle and kelly how's it going oh it's going okay so we were outside was it yesterday our kids were having a picnic in the backyard and a wasp interrupted it not just interrupted it but destroyed their entire picnic basically the way our son described it was they were swarmed by wasps and They had to come running inside to get away from them. I don't think that's exactly how it happened. That's not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a singular wasp. It was just one wasp. It's now a dead wasp. Yeah. Uh, It it was much more dramatic in the description of what happened. Um, Total chaos ensued. I mean, there was screaming. Um, Obvious pain had happened. The neighbor ran over to the fence to see what happened and check on him. I ran outside. Uh, We both thought he had been actually stung by one. Um, But it turns out that he just hurt himself running away from it. (laughs) It's not funny that he got hurt at all, but it is funny that he just totally lost all sense of control of himself and ran right into the table trying to get away. So I went over to see what was happening, and there was one wasp that was very interested in their lunch. So I swatted him, and that was the end of that. So our daughter asked after this, why do wasps exist? I wish that they didn't, because all they do is mess up our picnics. And it was an interesting question, because why do wasps exist? I think that we have that question a lot. We, we've actually been thinking about this for a little while now and have been talking about it back and forth because earlier this year, 2020, we had the story of the murder wasps or murder hornets that came. I find this one just so intriguing because I feel like they quickly got overshadowed by so many other things that happened. But if you look at 2020 as if it was being written by somebody that the murder wasps are going to make a comeback at some point. Like they were just kind of a foreshadowing and that, you know, their time is still yet to come. But reading about murder wasps, they're just a really interesting type of wasp and a really (laughs) a scary looking one. But we don't have them here really in the United States, which is kind of what makes them scary. We don't have, our honeybees don't really have the defense against these giant Asian wasps, which is more of kind of their official name. And the way that they kind of go about destroying or murdering is they, you know, one murder wasp will kind of go to a honeybee colony and (laughs) cut the head off of a honeybee and take it back to its colony or its nest to feed its young and then bring back some other sister murder wasps. And they will basically go through an entire honeybee colony, uh, cutting the heads off of all of the honeybees 
until they have decimated the entire colony. And then they'll just kind of live there, eating and uh, taking back the, the honeybees and the larvae to their own nest for a few weeks until they've taken everything that they can. And, you know, that's a, it's a, a scary thought because uh, Asian honeybees have kind of evolved with the Asian giant hornet or giant wasp in order to have some defense against it. And what they'll do is they'll kind of swarm it before it even has a chance to attack. So it can't go back and get its sister wasps and come back and attack the entire colony. They'll basically just form a giant ball around it and kill it before it has a chance to kill them or go back and get more more giant Asian wasps. Um, so it's interesting, you know, obviously the American honeybees or North American honeybees don't have any, any sort of defense like that, which makes it a very scary thing. I guess on the plus side, the murder hornet isn't a murderer of humans. So not very frequently, not frequently. I think it's a kind of an accidental occurrence when it does happen. Yeah. Only about 50 a year. So that's good. But their stinger stings through beekeeper suits, which Mm. it's it's a massive stinger. If you look Mm -hmm. at it, you wouldn't. And apparently it hurts like crazy as people describe it being stung by one, just like as a massive welt and gives you like a fever and things like that. So you don't want to get stung by one. So that's the one thing that I found really interesting as I was reading about murder wasps is they're actually a snack in Japan where they will, (laughs) they're not just a pest, but they will, they will cook them venom and stinger and all. So as they eat them, it's spicy. (laughs) Yeah. It has a, what they describe as a pleasant tingling in the mouth Mm -hmm. as you eat the venom and the stinger. So there you go. A plus side, if I guess if we do have murder hornets that uh, start to kind of colonize a little bit here, we can turn them into a nice little pleasant snack of some sort. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) you can't see our faces here. (laughs) Um, There might be a market for that. I'm not among them. (laughs) (laughs) So talking about wasps in general, what what is their purpose? And, you know, we, aside from ruining picnics and being kind of a pest and causing, you know, mild panic in 2020 with murder hornets and murder wasps, they're kind of an interesting insect, an interesting pest. If you kind of get past some of those initial things and kind of look a little bit closer at them and they kind of break into a few different categories and, and where murder wasps sit in that is kind of interesting among some other wasps as well. You know, not just talking about murder wasps, but what are some of the more common ones that we have in North America? That's kind of where we wanted to focus a little bit on this episode and dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think the most common wasp here in the North America is uh, the paper wasp, right? Yeah. So if you kind of look at the hierarchy of wasps in general, you can kind of break down. So interestingly, there are tens of thousands of types of wasps, which is crazy to think about. But That sounds like way too many. Yeah. <laughs> We've got too many wasps. We need to slim that down. <laughs> yeah. But you can kind of break that down into, and I didn't know this before, social wasps 
and solitary wasps. So there's kind of two different categories of wasps. The social wasps, there's about a thousand types of social wasps, which again, sounds like way too many, but there's there are very relatively few social wasps. And the Asian giant hornet falls into that category. So our, our murder wasp, which makes a very scary 2020 pest and also a, an interesting snack if we get there. But the most common type that we have kind of around also falls into that category, which is our paper wasp, which ruined our picnic the other day. Right. That swarmed our kids. And I know. I don't think they'd be able to. So there's different types of paper wasp all over the country. The one we have here is just a, a smaller black and yellow striped, you know, the typical thing, uh, wasp that you think of when you see a wasp. Um, and they're not very aggressive. I think that it was really just flying around the table and interested in the food and did not care at all that there were people there. Right. Um, but the paper wasps that I grew up with in Texas were quite a lot more aggressive because we have one there that's called the red paper wasp. And they are way more aggressive. Um, if you read about them, it, it, they kind of fall into the more modern aggressive type uh, wasp. But what I consider aggressive, uh, I guess, is different than maybe a scientist. To me, those little red wasps seem like big jerks. <laughs> um, they're not supposed to be aggressive unless they feel like they're being threatened. But I think you just casually walking by is threatening <laughs> to those guys. <laughs> Um, I can remember more than one occasion where I was not bothering the wasp and still managed to get stung. But yeah, it was just the, the common black and yellow paper wasp that was interrupting our son's picnic and caused such chaos. Yeah, so these are the type of wasps that just build those little kind of paper type nests. Umbrella, upside down umbrella yeah, kind of. They hang from limbs on trees or leaves or on houses that were constantly i feel like i'm constantly like scraping them off of yeah like corner edges of they're places. super attracted to human dwellings because they like their nests to be protected and they find human dwellings to be conducive to that and they also like our smells and so for that reason they're frequently around and they need a little bit of moisture to build those paper nests because they chew up bits of things and use the moisture to create that nest and so um they're attracted to like the little water droplets that are left from our sprinkler systems and things like that. You'll notice them hovering about if you have any puddles or if your faucet's leaking a little bit outside and getting water from that. So in that way, they're really attracted to, to humans and, and our life. And so they're constantly building their nests around us. Yeah. So that's the paper wasp. Fortunately, Utah, at, at least as far as I know, just has kind of the more common one. We don't have the red Texas wasp which is far more aggressive despite what scientists or the internet might say <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the internet acknowledges that they are more aggressive for a paper wasp and more territorial i think sometimes these things are written for people with a soft spot for these animals <laughs> so they're like oh it'll only bother you if it if you bother it first which um i can say from personal experience that that's not true yeah i think and i've been stung a couple times by the the yellow wasp that we have here so the the paper wasp that we have here it's generally only been when i've accidentally gotten like really too close to the nest uh, and not known that it's there so like when i've reached under something mm -hmm. and grabbed like right next to a nest and i've gotten right. stung which yeah. 
that's happened to me as well. Like yeah. both, I've been stung twice by a wasp here in Utah. And then both of those times it was because I accidentally touched it in some way without realizing it was there. And so it was my direct contact. Very different uh, than the red <laughs> wasps in Texas that will, if they see you walking past, will decide to just fly at your face. <laughs> They're terrifying. Yeah. So that, so we've talked about a little bit about the Asian the Asian giant hornet, which is a social wasp, the the paper wasp, which is another type of social wasp. Uh, there's another common one that kind of falls into that category, which is the yellow jacket, which again, I think they classify as not very aggressive. Those, they're I super think they're aggressive. super aggressive. Yeah. They're just like little jerks too. Mm-hmm. And we had one that built a nest under our riding lawnmower. So we, when we were moving, uh, we kind of stored our riding lawnmower for a time because we didn't need it. Yellow Jackets built a nest, unbeknownst to us, under there in kind of the grass that had kind of clumped together under the blades of the riding lawnmower. And so as we were bringing it back uh, to our, our new house, you know, kind of getting it unloaded, we had turned it on and everything. And no yellow jackets had flown out, surprisingly, like in the transport and moving it and everything. And so we had uh, brought it back, uh, had it kind of stored at our our new house. And I was getting it fired up and ready to mow the lawn. And as I I turned it on and started getting it ready to mow, I heard like this low buzzing. And I was like, what in the world is that? And so I kind of backed it out and, and started getting it ready to go and I could still hear this low buzzing and then just a wasp started flying around I thought it was a wasp anyway it was a yellow jacket it started flying around me and so I, I was like shooing it off but it kept coming at me so I, I jump off the riding lawnmower and I start like walking away like swatting at it and it's still coming at me so I go running around the front of our house and I have this yellow jacket just chasing me and uh, it finally stings me in the in the shoulder after I've run around the front of our house. So I've run away from the lawnmower, like I'm I'm flailing my arms around trying to get this thing away from me. I, I'm probably look absolutely insane, um, and, and it finally catches up to me, stings me in the shoulder, and then like I I see it fly back, and then fly under our lawnmower and I follow it back. Cause I'm like, where did that thing come from? And I see it fly back under there. And I was like, Oh, I have got you now. And I started, <laughs> so I started poking under our lawnmower with a stick to find out where that nest was. And every time I did, I could hear the buzzing and, and until I finally figured out exactly where the nest was. And then I ended that nest cause it was, those little jerks, they are, they're super, I feel like they're super aggressive. I didn't do anything to that nest. I just turned on that lawnmower. Didn't even start the blades or anything, but they were not happy with just the, the engine going. So anyway, that's another type of social. Yeah. yeah. You're like running away. And it yeah, stings, I, was, I was literally it running away. you for good measure. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come back. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I had to end that nest because it was, yeah, it was aggressive little beast. Mm-hmm. I think I think they do get aggressive if you're even like if there's one a nest somewhere that you're not aware of and you just walk by they take that as you being too close to their nest and they can get really protective. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's a, it's, it's got a really serious sting. So people who are allergic to those, um, I think have pretty strong reactions to that specific one because it has a more potent sting. Yeah. There were a lot of them too. Those little jerks. They were, mm-hmm. that was a big nest that was under that lawnmower. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's really not funny when it happens to you, but when you hear someone else. No, it had, it had me really upset too. Like I, <laughs> I was there with a whole whole bunch of cans of wasp spray, just poking poking it with a stick until I could get in there and, and spray it down and stuff. Anyway, so those are the kind social, of social the social wasp. Those are our experiences with the social yeah. wasps. <laughs> so in the in the other category of solitary wasps, and we have experience with these i feel like we've this summer it's yeah. just been you know 2020 has been the most fascinating year in every way <laughs> good and bad and uh, i feel like our experiences with wasps this year have been unlike any other and we have had some some really interesting experiences with these non-social wasps as well yes a couple of new species that we didn't even know existed yeah. have Found their way into our backyard. Yes. Which which is kind of what sparked this episode is because we've learned a lot as we've seen and discovered new types of wasps that we didn't know existed. So aside from kind of our common paper wasps and those darn yellow jackets that came at us, and obviously the Asian wasp that is has made the news and hope hopefully doesn't make a surprise come back later in 2020 in some way. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> One of the the new wasps that we found this summer in our yard, that was the non-social one, right? Is is the parasitic uh, velvet wasp? Yeah. So you have kind of two kinds of solitary wasps. Uh, so there's just, I guess, kind of a normal kind. I don't even know we classify that as that just builds its own kind of little nests and lives alone its own solitary life and then a parasitic one that finds those nests the nest of the solitary mm-hmm. wasps and uh, kind of makes tries to make it its own nest yeah i think honestly that, that they're both related in our instance i think the reason why we had experience with one is because we also had experience with the other I think that the parasitic velvet wasp that we found in our backyard was very much attracted to the nest of another wasp that we had in our backyard. But our discovery of the the red velvet wasp was really interesting. Me and the kids we were outside on our patio, and um, we were just playing, really, and exploring and doing some things. And I saw this beautiful red ant crawling very quickly on our patio and I tried to show it to them. I said, guys, come look at this ant. It's so pretty. I said, don't touch it though. Don't touch it. Just look at it. And they were like, wow, that's amazing. It's so strange looking. And I said, yeah, it is. It's a really interesting looking ant. And then uh, I was like, okay, well, there's nothing else to see here. And I stepped on it (laughs) because uh, you know, life has taught me that when you see a very brightly colored bug like that, um, odds are that it is poisonous and I didn't want it to bite 
my kids. And I, and I did think it was just an ant and an unusual ant at that. And I didn't want it biting my kids or, or our dog or anything. But after I stepped on it, I suddenly found myself being swarmed by these odd looking wasps that I'd never seen before that were red with black wings. Um, and they just kept flying at me and <laughs> kept flying at me. And I managed to hit one out of the air and <laughs> kill it too. But they came and um, kept coming, kept coming more and more. And I was dancing around like a big idiot out there. And it got us to doing some research into what was this wasp and why it suddenly started flying around as soon as I had squashed this ant. And it turns out that the ant was not in fact an ant. It was a wasp, a wingless wasp. And um, it, only the females can sting. So the males that I was so afraid of at the moment actually couldn't really do anything to me. But uh, they seemed like they were really attracted to the pheromones that had been released into the air and they carried off the body. So that was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this red velvet ant, it is also known as a cow killer mm -hmm. because its sting apparently is so powerful that not that it can kill a cow, but it hurts bad enough that it feels like it might. So, yes. and not that it does that frequently, but it just happens that if, if something happens to step on it, that's mm -hmm. when it's most likely to get stung. And so, and ironically, like, like you mentioned, it's not actually an ant. It looks like an ant, but it's in fact a wasp. And so that is the, the red velvet ant or the red velvet wasp, which is just intriguing. And the males came and I actually had a similar experience where there was one in our, in the front of our house and I, our kids tend to run around barefoot. And so I stepped on that one so that they didn't accidentally step on it. Mm -hmm. And I had a similar experience too, where the, the males came and uh, swarmed around until they found the body mm -hmm. and carried it away. And I actually like watched it because I, it was after this other experience as I knew what was going to happen. And so I just kind of like waited and watched until they found it and, and flew away because apparently that's part of the, the mating, the mating. process mm -hmm. is that males can carry the females. And so they will find them and carry them away. And obviously it's easier to find them, I guess, when they are immobilized because you've stepped on them. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, when you hit any wasp, it releases pheromones in the air. It's a protective thing, too. Uh, I re remember learning about that when I was a child, that if you kill a wasp, then you're likely to be swarmed by other ones because it's a defense mechanism. Um, in this case, I believe that it just released pheromones that attracted them, and then they came and swarmed looking for a mate and took her off. So it's kind of a sad romance because <laughs> <laughs> she's a goner. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it is worth uh, making sure that the kids can't step on them because their sting is quite powerful. They don't do it uh, aggressively, but if you were to step on one barefoot, it would absolutely sting you. And yeah. I think it would be probably pretty traumatizing for a child. So interestingly, what they use that sting for i believe is to uh, obviously kill other insects or other things like the cicada wasp mm -hmm. 
which is where they like to make one of the places where they like to make their nests. Um, That's where the parasitic part of the wasp comes in. Yeah. So these red velvet ants or red velvet wasps don't make their own nests. They find other nests and basically try and just steal them away mm-hmm. or, or take them over. Of ground wasps. Of ground wasps. Mm-hmm. One of which is a cicada killer, which is a really interesting wasp. They're huge, too. They're huge. <laughs> almost, the si- almost the same of, size. Of the murder hornet. As the mor- murder hornet. Only yeah. very, like, I think it's like 2.2 inches is the murder hornet. And uh, the cicada killer can get up to two inches as well. Yeah. So yeah. they're massive. Yes. And we had one of those in our backyard <laughs> this summer, too. Really recently, actually. It was another similar experience where me and the kids were just poking around in the backyard. They had actually, um, were looking at a grasshopper in our backyard and, and admiring it. And we have a little microscope where they can look at it a little bit closer. It's a handheld one. So that's what they were doing is observing that. And then we hear this very loud buzzing coming at us and all look at it. And we're all just gaping at this thing that landed on the ground with this loud buzz. It's huge. And my son says, mom, is that a hummingbird? (laughs) (laughs) And I just look at it and I say, no, that's not a hummingbird. Uh, and I realize, like, I know in my mind that it's some sort of bee or wasp. I'm not sure which at the moment. Um, and I didn't acknowledge that because I didn't want to freak my kids out. I mean, you heard the story a minute ago how McCoy heard himself just running from a normal wasp. I didn't want chaos to ensue <laughs> if they knew that that was a massive wasp. Um, but it was. It was either a bee or a wasp at the moment. I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was actually a cicada killer. And it had a massive grasshopper in its legs. It had wrapped its legs around this grasshopper, completely uh, holding it in. And the grasshopper couldn't move. And I guess that's why it was buzzing so loud because it was carrying a lot of weight. And anyway, and it landed on the ground and then it literally disappeared because we had a nest there. And it just took that giant... uh, grasshopper into its its nest and that is why it's called the cicada killer yeah so another fascinating one that (laughs) they're huge for wasps they can carry a massive amount of weight and like other wasps so this is an interesting tidbit about wasps that the only the females have a like a, a poisonous sting or a sting so uh, the males, uh, as far as I can tell, typically don't have any sort of stinging ability, uh, which was comforting when we were being swarmed by those like red velvet wa- male wasps as they were flying around to uh, know that they don't have any stinging ability. Yeah, they're still kind of intimidating, yeah, you know, the way that they fly at you. And- yeah, a little bit annoying and intimidating, but... Uh, apparently the same thing with the male cicada killers, which apparently they can be feisty and a little bit territorial, but they can't do anything to you. So just annoy you. Yeah, just just annoy you. And they fight each other a lot, apparently. But it's only the females that have the ability to go and sting and like kill a cicada or kill a grasshopper. And apparently they are... I guess we'll have to take the internet's word for this. Uh, very, not very aggressive towards humans. They 
they only use that's that. That's probably true. We were very close to this one in its nest, and we are, have been for a while. I don't know if it's still nesting there, but uh, you mow over that spot and have been mowing over the spot all summer, and it doesn't seem to have mattered. And that was the only time we've even seen this wasp is, is, that, is that instance, so I don't think it's particularly aggressive, just huge. So thank goodness it's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, so that's a really interesting interesting wasp and that's where again where these red velvet ants i guess like to make their like to try and steal the the nest and have their larvae take over whatever food source is in there yeah that's another one and then i guess the last one in our list of solitary wasps that is some of the most common and that we've had and, and most people probably have is the the mud dauber, which is I guess kind of almost going back to kind of the common paper wasp. Yeah, they are very common. Yeah, it's just kind of a like a slender looking one that's somewhat black and very non aggressive and not aggressive and solitary. So kind of I feel like it's almost like the solitary version of the paper wasp that just kind of is around mm-hmm. and it just I don't know. Maybe looks maybe looks a little more intimidating, just because it's I don't know looks different to me. Yeah, they do look really creepy. I mean, they got like a really long, skinny. They're very long, and they're um, what is that? Is it the thorax, the last part? Yeah, I don't know. It's really long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just really long and skinny and creepy looking. I mean, none of them are. I guess they're kind of beautiful in their own way if you really like bugs. But um, I'm not a fan of wasps. I'm one of those people that have asked several times, what's the point in wasps? Yeah, on the, and that is a really great question. So, and one of the questions that we kind of wanted to answer, or at least talk a little bit about, what is the point of wasps? Kind of like honeybees, they are apparently one of the really really important pollinators more Um, so than i thought yeah and i think some people even think they they might be more important for pollination than honeybees are so they don't necessarily have the the nice final product that honeybees do in you know going back to their the colony and, and creating honey but the actual pollination that they do might be more prolific than honeybees. So an important, I guess, point there. But as far as what they're eating too, is a lot of other pests. So pest control, when you're talking about like smaller insects and even bigger insects in the case of the cicada killer, the cicada killer like or even each other in the case of the rod wasp. Yeah. So eating things like aphids and spiders Mm -hmm. and other pests just around Mm -hmm. that's their primary food source and apparently they eat an absolute ton of pests yeah it's surprising how uh beneficial it turns out that they are i've always thought of them as just a pest but the fact that they are actually in uh by themselves pest controllers uh, makes me have a little bit of a softer view they are certainly busy little things, always about working, active all day. 
so this is in the UK. So this is, we'll have to find some more information, but 14 kilograms of insects across a, su a summer, 14 million kilograms of insects. I mean, that's insane. Well, let's see if we can find, we'll see if we can find some more information, but um, like just the pure amount of bugs that they eat and other pests. Hmm, that's really interesting. Apparently the mud dauber, mud dauber wasp actually is one of the big predators of the spider. Yeah. And rather than eating the spider, the mud dauber will sting it, paralyze it, and place the corpse in a mud cell in the nest, and then its larva will then feed on the spider. So if you have quite a lot of spiders around your house, you'll attract some mud daubers. And I guess if you want to try to keep them away, a good way to get rid of the mud daubers would also be to treat for spiders and to make sure that you're clearing out any of your spider webs around your house. We actually have a mud dauber nest. I don't know what that says about us. We're not doing a very good job with our insect control around our house. Oh, we have such a variety of, uh, yes, spiders and wasps. We'll have to do a little bit more digging to find out like, how much wasps tend to eat but obviously they eat a lot of bugs and it's probably a lot more here mm -hmm. than in a place like the uk yeah, so probably. they're somewhat beneficial to your vegetable garden because they're going to naturally consume the bugs that would otherwise prey on your garden yeah exactly or your trees or other shrubs so yeah even knowing that i still don't want them around no, they're one of those hard ones where it's like you don't you don't want them around, but you don't want the other bugs around. Yeah, either. if they would start eating mosquitoes, then that might change my tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they don't. No. They don't eat mosquitoes. One other interesting thing that I found, or that I guess I was reminded of, just in kind of wasp, the nature of wasp was kind of the caste system that I. I think we're all kind of familiar with it, especially from honeybees and just other hive type systems. But the idea that, especially in like the social, for social wasps, is the the fact that they have kind of the, the caste system of a queen, which is like a fertilized female, the the workers, which are the sterile females, and then the drones, which are obviously the males. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over here with my hand really low, indicating like the lowest um, importance level. <laughs> and d reading some of the descriptions of the hives, just as uh, the you know as they're functioning and how well they function with you know the queen or queens, you know depending on how large a colony might be, but when or if that queen dies just the absolute chaos that ensues and how it goes somebody describes it like full game of thrones where <laughs> who's gonna be the yeah new like queen? literally everything stops then everybody stops working everything just stops and everybody just like turns on each other and it just goes full like chaos until a new queen can kind of exert control and get everything back in order, which just sounds absolutely, would be absolutely fascinating to watch. Mm, that is interesting. But you have, I guess, that caste system of the queen and 
the worker females and the drones. Hmm. If only we could know their little minds. I wonder if they have like their preferences on who becomes the new queen. If they kind of have like, like factions. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have like uh, some females that are like trying to gain support in different areas. And that's yeah. Active, that would be. Actively trying to gain supporters and, and, you know, promoting their cause. <laughs> why they would be the, the best choice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Don't. I mean, probably not. But then maybe. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's we possible. we can we can't really know that. No. But we do know that all out war happens. Yeah. Complete chaos. Just complete chaos, and anarchy basically until until, until a, a queen, new queen can exert the dominance yep. and control. Yep. And get everything working again. So. Hmm. There you go. I guess if you can manage to do that, then you've proven that you're worthy. Yeah, basically. Evolution at its interesting points. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nature is so interesting. Yeah, well, that's wasps. Yeah, that's our take on wasps anyway. We're no experts, but we are definitely, um, you know, interested. Yeah. It's definitely piqued our interest this summer, that's for sure. We've had some experiences, so... Mm. I hope that those velvet ants go away. Yeah. I don't really want to step on those. No. We're a little bit redneck around here. Me and the kids, we like to walk barefoot. Never Kyle. I've never seen him walk barefoot anywhere. Literally never. <laughs> but we do it all the time. I'm actually surprised we haven't been stung more. Hmm. should knock on wood because uh, we do walk around barefoot a lot. I think we would have stepped on one by now. Not of those specifically, but of any of the wasps, the variety of wasps that we have <laughs> inhabiting our backyard. Well, if nothing else, hopefully we've given you an idea of the purpose that wasps have. They some pollinate. Yeah, some interesting tidbits. And control some other pests. So not all bad. They do have a purpose. I've yet to find a purpose for mosquitoes. <laughs> other than death and destruction. Yeah. Pretty much spreading disease. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, that's it for now. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more on our website, thingstothinkon.co. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. You can also find Kelly on Twitter at S. Kelly Evans. See you next time.